All right, good morning. So I want to start off with, first of all, um, saying a big thank you to everybody who has brought food and sent cards and been praying for us because, again, when Lexi was over the other day, they're like, she's like, are you keeping track of all these things so you can write thank yous? And I'm like, um, can you just do an overall, like, thank you, everybody, for, you know, everything you've done because I'm... I'm not really sure if I have everything together, but, but we do, you know, from our, our family and from the deepest parts of who we are, we thank everybody for everything that you've done. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for supporting our family, um, and thank you for continued support as we kind of navigate through uh, what's next. So the other thing, I, I was talking to uh, a guy yesterday, and I said, the other thing that you're going to get over, I don't know how long it's going to be, is me kind of unpacking you know, this whole situation uh, with Sherry. So when we were trying to decide what's going to be the next series, I'm like, well, that's easy for me. Let's talk about prayer. And, you know, and here's the reason. He didn't answer any of them. And I'm like, I need to really talk through that. Like, how, how do I feel that, you know, because this is, you know, and again, um, so part of what you're going to get is just me unpacking, like, how I, you know, worked through this and thought through this. But, you know, when, I, when it comes to something, and, and I want to kind of give you my history because, um, and, and again, when I'm saying these things, it's not that, you know, I want people to, to believe that, like, God doesn't answer prayer and all this. I'm just talking through my own story, right? So in every big moment of our life, you know what I mean? When you came to the place where God's got to come through, and if he doesn't, it's going to be bad, right? Like, it's not going to work out. So, you know, with Sherry's dad, when he had brain tumors, it was like, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to throw it all out there, and we're going to trust that God will do what Scripture says. The prayer of a righteous man is answered, right? So, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do, and then, you know, you, you work through that, or whether it's through her mom, or re- honestly, it was through a lot of different situations. I've prayed with a lot of families who, you know, their, their kids or their spouse or people around them are like, we need prayer because if you don't come through. And so, and every time that I would pray, and especially in the situation with Sherry, I always have this pros and cons list that I talk to God about. Like, I'm going to pray, like, you need to heal Sherry, and this is why. You know what I mean? And I would go through the list because if you don't, you know, like, this list is way bigger than this one. You know what I mean? Like, it's way better off, like, God, the world's going to be way better off if you answer the prayer than if you don't answer the prayer, right? And so you got to come to this place where, so I have to decide or I need to think through, and honestly, I don't know that I'm a lot different than everybody in here when you process through these ideas of, like, does God really answer prayer? You know, and if he does, you know, how does it work? And if he doesn't, are we doing it wrong? Is there something, you know, that, that's not the right way? And if you haven't experienced it yet, maybe this will give you some foundational things to think through when it comes to when you pray for that thing that you really want to change and it doesn't come true. So over the next four weeks, this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at, like, what does God say when it comes to prayer? So what does Scripture say when it comes to prayer? And how should we, as Christian people, pray and approach when for some of you, you know, for me, when I feel like I've been praying, and honestly, Sherry and I talked about this. So the day that she got her diagnosis, I said, well, I mean, God can do a miracle, right? And her answer to me was, he never has. 
right? But he hasn't. I prayed for my mom, prayed for my dad, prayed for, we've prayed for people in this congregation, and he hasn't. So I'm almost afraid to pray for it because, you know, we don't know if it's ever going to come true. Um, so in that, that's what I want to say. It doesn't, didn't keep us from praying, didn't keep us from trusting, didn't keep us from believing because he can and, and does and all of those things, you know. So I don't, I don't want to go down that road because, I, I mean, obviously God heals and God does miracles. I just want to work through this, like, is it possible for me, you know, as I pa- unpack, why am I upset that God didn't answer my prayer, right? So that's where I'm at. Like, I want to think through this whole idea, like, why is it that when I think through it that I sit back and say, like, did you read the list? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying to God, like, did you read the list or do you, I mean, this sounds really weird when you're talking about God, but you're like, do you really know what life's going to be like without her? You know what I mean? Like, do you realize who you left and who you took? You know, like you might have wanted to have thought about switching that one up a little bit when it comes to, you know, how it all works out. So in Scripture, he gives us this idea. So the same thing happened with the disciples. So the disciples were like, we grew up praying and, you know, uh, we understand, we think prayer. Uh, but at the end of the day, they watched Jesus pray and they were like, what we learned and what we do isn't lining up. You know what I mean? So what we've learned and what we've done isn't lining up. And, and they grew up in the midst of that praying. So if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 6. That's what we're going to be uh, looking at today. So think of it this way. So the disciples grew up with prayer. So it wasn't like we've never prayed before. It wasn't like we've never approached prayer. It's just they approached prayer and they looked at it and they were to a certain extent at the same place that, that I was. Is like, does it really work? Because we've been praying and it doesn't seem to work. Jesus prays and he has something about him that we don't have. And so what is it that we need to learn? And so when I was thinking about that, I was like, did any of you guys have like childhood prayers? Like when you grew up, is like you'd say the same thing all the time. Yeah, you had that. So ours was you sit around the dinner table. And I really think it was because my dad had no idea what to say. But because my dad always prayed, he sat at the head of the table and it was, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for our food, amen, right? And it was, like, it's clockwork. I mean, you sit down, all the food's ready, and you say the prayer. Or I've shared this with you guys before. It's funny that I remember this because I don't remember much about my childhood. But, like, your mom would come in and be like, we're going to do nighttime prayers. And I'm like, okay, do nighttime prayers. And so you get down on your knee and, like, fold your hands and put your elbows on the you know, on your bed, and she starts praying. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And then she gets to, if I should die before I wake, and I'm like, like, who prays those things? Like, why are we praying about if I die before I wake? Like, is that a possibility? You know what I mean? Like, is it like this real possibility that when I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take? And I was like, I'm a kid. Like, I'm not ready to go. Why am I praying this prayer? But we always had these, like, childhood prayers that you would pray. And, and as I grew up, you know, those, those prayers, you know, continued on. And you think through them and you remember part of those things. But at the same time, my understanding of prayer has evolved over time, right? And my understanding of what prayer looks like has evolved over time. And I thought it would be good to be just where the disciples were, which is to say, you know what? 
we know and have and been and we've went through and we've prayed a lot of different things, but we see something different when Jesus prays than when we pray. And I think for me, this has been really good for me to walk through this because I think it revealed some stuff for me. So uh, Taylor talked last week. He's doing a study on the book of James, you know, so that's what he's teaching about. And in the book of James, it tells you essentially, you know, um, if you have faith, when it's put to the test, you'll really see if you have faith, right? Like that's the whole idea of the book of James. So we're going to see where you're at. And it's really not that big a deal. It's a good thing. Like we need to look at these testings of our faith as not something that we're afraid of, but we think that it's good, right? Like it's good to see where we land on where we're at so that we can continue to move closer to the place that God wants us to be, right? So it's the same concept with prayer. Like I think it's good to just land on the place and not, again, because sometimes you want to shy away from this, you know, you shy away from like, well, God didn't answer the prayer. Well, he answered one prayer or he, you know, he did this. It's like the consolation prize. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted this, but he did this. And so I guess, you know, I'm supposed to be happy about it. Like, I don't think it's wrong to sit here and unpack. Like, why do you feel that way when it comes to your prayers? Or why do you feel that way when you ask something of God and it doesn't really come through? So this, looking at a way to pray, is a great way for us to say, if you're ever in that moment, like if you're ever in that place of like, you know, um, where am I at when we have unanswered prayers? Or where, how do I talk to somebody else who's really been praying for something and it's not coming true? Like, how do I work through that with him? So in Matthew 6, he's going to help us, like he did the disciples, understand if we really want to know how to pray, I think, at least for me, and I don't know if this is going to be for you, it somewhat disrupts the idea of how we pray. Right? It somewhat disrupts the idea of like when we go to pray, Jesus says there could be a possibility you're doing it wrong. Right? Now, <laughs> I know, you know, there's all kinds of songs out there that says you can't ever pray wrong. It's just talk to God and it's all prayer. Right? And don't worry about it. So, again, don't get too upset if I say like, well, if this is the way we're doing it and Jesus is saying, well, this is the way you're supposed to do it. You come to your own conclusion of whether you're doing it right or wrong, right? I think it's okay just to admit, like, maybe I'm praying the wrong way, right? And I had to come to that place. I'll just tell you, when I got to this and studying it again, and again, unpacking my feelings of, like, where am I at with all this? When I got to the, the place where it's like, this is the purpose of prayer, and I'm like, ooh, wow. I'm not really sure that... When I was praying, that's what I was thinking. So, all right, so here we are. So it's Matthew 6. We're going to start in verse 5. It says, and when you pray. Now, this is an assumption that you do pray. Now, I, I know a lot of you guys are going to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, why are you saying that? Well, because if you talk to a lot of people, they don't have much of a prayer life, right? Like, and, and again, I'm not... I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying a lot of times when it comes to prayer, people don't understand it and they don't know how to do it. So they're just kind of like, well, I don't know what it is. But, you know, or the only time that we pray is like in certain moments instead of this understanding so, uh, of how we should be praying regularly or on a regular basis. So he assumes that you're going to have this idea of a prayer life uh, with you because you're a Christian. It says, don't be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So one of the things that it says, and I'm comforted in this, is is like, don't be a faker when you're praying. Right? Doesn't really matter, you know, if you have all the right words. Doesn't really matter if you go to God and be like, the same concept that I was telling you, like, is it okay to go to God and be like, I think you got it wrong? You know what I mean? Like, is it okay to go to God and be like, I mean, I could fake it and be like, oh, God, you know, I'm so happy, you know, like, she's in glory, which I am. Don't, don't get me wrong, okay? But she's also not here, right? I mean, so there's just this, like, it's okay for me to go to him and be like, man, I don't know if you got it all right in the midst of that. He says from the beginning, I would rather you be authentic and pray to me in the way that you, in the way that you feel. I was like, what just happened on the screen? (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so be authentic. Then it would be to you, you know, uh, for you to just say stuff because it's the right thing to say. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes in situations, we think it's better to just fake it and say the right things because we really don't want to talk about it. You really don't want to go through it and you really don't want to unpack where you're at with that. So he starts in the beginning saying, authentic prayers, no matter what they are, are better than hypocrites because the hypocrites are praying and everybody's looking at them like, oh, their prayers are so good. And Jesus would say, they got their reward. Their reward was everybody looked at them and was like, wow, great job. Well, then he goes on and he says this, but when you pray, okay, so he's assuming that you're going to pray, then he gets to the place and he says, but when you pray. So this is the place for you personally to pause and ask yourself this question. When do you pray? Right, think about this. So like when you think about your life, when do you pray? And I'm just, I'm going to make some assumptions. I don't know if these are assumptions are true or not. But I would say what moves most people to pray is either I need something, right? I want something or somebody else needs something and somebody else wants something, right? So what prompts me to pray is either my own needs, and I'm not saying it's wrong. So don't, again, you, you can make some of your own conclusions as we go through this. But a lot of times what prompts us to pray is there's a need, right? Or there's a hurt or there's, you know, somebody needs something or I need something. And so we get to this place and we go through the list. God, this is what I need from you, right? I need you to do this. I need you to heal my wife. I need you to fix my kids. I need you to fix my husband. I need you to fix my wife. I need you to, our finances aren't where they're supposed to be. Our, you know, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, you would go down through the list and or somebody called you and said, can you put me on your prayer list or can you put somebody on the prayer list? And so then you go through your list of needs and then you go to them and you're like, and can you, you know, can you do this for this person? And the reason that I want you to think through that, right? is later on when we get into this scripture, I think what you're going to find is is that when we look at what prompts us to pray, it shouldn't be our needs. And it shouldn't be the needs of other people, right? 
And the reason that I want you to think through that is if that's what prompts you to pray, at least it makes you aware of like, maybe something else should prompt me to be able to pray. So then he says, this is what you need to do. So when you pray, I need you to go into a room and I need you to close the door. Now, I think this goes against a lot of people's understanding of prayer. And that's, again, um, so when I say these things, I'm not ruling out that, that, that you can do it in a certain way, but I'm just going in what Jesus says. If you're going to pray, you need to go in a room and you need to close the door, which means your prayer life can't always be while you're driving to work. Your prayer life can't always be when you're on the treadmill. Your prayer life can't always be when you're on the mower. Your prayer life can't be when you're walking around something. Okay, Because I hear from so many people like, yeah, I pray. I pray on the way to work, and I pray on the way home from work, or I pray while I'm on the treadmill, or I pray while I'm, you know, working in the garden, or I pray, you know what I mean? Like, I pray while I'm doing something else, okay? Would you agree? Like, you hear that a lot, like, people pray, and they pray while they're doing something else, or, yeah, right? Like, and again, there's going to be a reason. So don't, so when you look at this, there is going to be a reason that when you pray, you're going to need to get in a room, right? So it doesn't mean that you can't have conversations with God as you're going down the road. and doesn't mean that you can't have conversations with God on the mower. But if you're going to get the foundation of prayer right, you're going to have to get in a room and you're going to have to close the door because you got some work to do, right? You're going to be able, you're going to have to do that. And then he says, once you get in that room and once you close that door and once the work starts, this is what he says that you need to do. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, okay? So I don't know, this might be a given for all of you guys, but you shouldn't be praying to Mary. You shouldn't be praying to saints. You shouldn't be praying to traveling saints. You know what I mean? You're praying to God. There is nobody else to pray to. You know, none of us should be praying to our, to our loved ones who are in heaven. Like, that's not the way that you're supposed to pray. You're supposed to pray to God and to nobody else. And so for other people's, you know, in, in your Christianity, that might not be the case. But in a lot of people's faith journey, it's been, you know, I need to pray to Mary, or I need to pray to these certain saints, and these certain saints do certain things and, you know, have special, I don't know if it's powers or what, but like, you pray to these certain things. So he says, when you get in there, you need to pray to God, right? Now, the other thing that he says that maybe we gloss over a little bit is he says, you need to pray to God. So imagine this, this is the God of the universe, right? So this is the God who created everything, like he spoke it into existence, and he says, you can pray to him as a father. Now, that might be like a, like a stretch to think through, but he's saying pray to him on relational terms, like he's your father, right? Like pray to him like he's somebody that you can trust. Pray to him as somebody that you're in relationship with, not as some high deity that you don't have any relationship with at all. Is that, is that making sense, right? Like when you pray, don't forget who he is, but at the same time, don't forget your relationship, right? Because your prayer life needs to be involved or wrapped around or in a relationship with him. Then he goes on and he says, so when the hypocrites prayed, their reward was from uh, the people applauding them, that he says that then your father 
who sees what is done in secret, secret will reward you. So what is your reward because you pray in secret, right? Because this is what he's saying. If you go to your room and you close your door and you pray, right? So this is, again, setting up this idea that you're going to go, you're going to close the door, you're going to be alone, and you're going to pray, and you're going to pray through relationship, and you're going to be praying to God. He says that there is going to be a reward. What's the reward? Because I think this is the part that gets a little bit um, sketchy. The reward is that you're seen, that he hears you, right? That's the reward. The reward is, is that because you went away, because you took the time, because you went and you sat in your room. Now, I know what people's natural tendency is going to be. They're going to be like, so if I'm praying in my car, he doesn't see me? Or if I'm praying on the mower, he doesn't see me? Like, again, I'm just telling you, this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples who were struggling with this idea of prayer. And this is what he lays out as a format to say, if you want to pray, this is what you should do. And if you go in a room and you close the door and you sit in there and you pray to your father is in heaven, he says he will reward you and your reward's going to be that he's going to see and hear you. Now, this is where I think it gets a little sketchy, right? So if you heard me, why are you doing anything? Right? So if I'm here and I did it and I'm sitting in the room, you can't be hearing because you ain't doing. Right? Like I think that's part of this like, well, there's no way that he could hear me because if he's hearing me, then the things that I ask him for would what? Yeah, they would come true, right? Like if I'm asking him and I'm in secret and he's listening to me and he's my dad, why isn't he answering the things, you know? Because part of me would be like, well, he didn't answer because he didn't hear, you know, or, you know, or he doesn't understand or doesn't get. But he's saying your reward's going to be, you're going to be heard. Now, all this is going to start to make sense as we get now to the place of where he starts to help them understand. Now, this is how we're going to do it. But in verse 7, he says, and when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows your needs before you ask him. So um, Jesus had a parable in Scripture, and the parable in Scripture talked about this Pharisee who had this really long prayer. And then there was a tax collector that prayed. And so this Pharisee was like long, elaborate, you know, prayer. And then the tax collector said, I am a sinner, have mercy on me. And Jesus was like, the prayer of the tax collector is the one that was heard, right? And when, when I read this, I was like so thankful because I read this a really long time ago when I struggled with this idea of praying in public. You ever have this before? So when I was younger, I, again, the whole idea of corporate prayer where people pray aloud. So here's how it would work. Like you sit in a circle and everybody goes, like, what's your prayer request? You know, and then there would be like 30 of them. And they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the popcorn prayer. So everybody get in a circle and everybody's going to pray. And I'm thinking, I ain't praying. First of all, I can't remember what you said. You know, so if I close my eyes and I don't read the list, there is no possible way I'm remembering all 30 of them. You know, so is there like this general term, like, God, you know what everybody said. Can you just answer those things? You know, so I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I, I, and, and, you know, this always happens. You always get put beside the person that's really good at praying. Have you ever done that? Like you're in a circle and you always get stuck by the person that they're just like, oh, and they got these long words and, 
And somebody said, well, all you need to do is if you don't want to pray, you squeeze the person's hand next to you. Has anybody else do this? Has anybody been in this situation? Nobody? Few of you guys. Okay, well, this is real, right? Like, this really happens. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can say something. Well, then I have the lady beside me that just is like, ugh, you know, and I'm like, squeezing the person's hand next to me. I'm like, pass, pass. I'm like, I almost put them to their knees. I'm like, I'm not praying. Because again, I'm sitting here thinking, there's no way. Like, my only words would be like, you heard all the prayer requests, and I hope you answer them. You know, and so when, when I read this part of Scripture that, like, I don't have to be, I don't have to have these long, drawn-out prayers, you know, and I don't have to have these elaborate prayers, still to the same concept, even to this day, when somebody will ask me, like, will you come and pray over me, or will you come and pray for somebody? I'm like, I don't know what you're expecting, but just so you know, it's not going to be elaborate, right? Like, I don't have, that's not my gifting, but I'll tell you, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all those things. I'm just not going to be like, I'm not going to be babbling a lot of words, just, just so we're on the same page. So he says, don't be like those people who babble a lot of words, you know, and, and don't go down that road of, of saying a bunch of things. Now, here's one of the reasons why. So did you see what it says at the end? Because he already knows what you need. And I'm like, then why pray? Anybody else ever think that? You can admit it in church. It's okay. Like you read it and you're like, if it says he already knows, why am I saying it? Like what's the reason that I'm going to go there and I'm going to say, hey, God, I got all of these needs and I want to make sure that you hear me. And he's like, oh, it's okay, I already know. So why would it be, and this is kind of the pivotal question. So if God already knows your needs, and again, I don't know if you're, this is you, but if, the, if you are moved to prayer by your needs or somebody else's needs, and he already knows those things, what's the purpose of prayer? All right? Well, that's what he gets ready to tell us next. So the purpose of prayer prayer or the thing that we should think through when it comes to our prayer life is what he talks about next. Here's what he says. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this first part of this is a pivotal piece. So he's going to go on, and we're going to talk about it the rest of these four weeks. He's going to go on and talk about the rest of the prayer. But if you don't get this piece right, the rest of the prayer makes no difference. Okay? When he says, our Father who art in heaven, if you can't wrap your mind around, or if I can't wrap my mind around what that really means then the rest of these things aren't going to make any sense at all, okay? Now, here's how I want you to think about it. So, any kids that we got out there, so have you ever had your dad tell you something and you're like, there's no way I'm doing it, right? Like, you've had that once in a while, right? Anybody else, like, dad or mom's told you to do anything? Yeah, right? Like, I'm not doing it. Here's the reason why, right? Because you think... I think this is right. You think you know better than your dad, right? Like you don't want to really admit it, but, or you know better than your mom. Like I know, you don't understand. So scripture tells us, right, that 
honor your father and mother, right? It says that. But a lot of times we're like, why would I honor them? They're idiots, right? They have no idea what they're doing and they don't know where they're going. And they, you know, they tell me to do things and those things don't make any sense, you know. Or scripture tells us that every person in here should have an authority over them, okay? Why is that so important, right? So why is it when scripture would say, honor your father and your mother and or have an authority over you, why is that important to understand on this earth, okay? If you don't understand authority on this earth, you are going to struggle to understand authority in heaven, right? Like you're gonna struggle with that. Like this whole idea, the reason, so I, I think that this would be true, if you knew that outcome, so I keep looking at you, so you good with this, right? So if you knew that the outcome of this, like if you knew, if you could see in the future and know that your dad's having you do something that's going to help you in the future, and so you don't agree with him, would you do it? If you could see the future, if you could see that it's going to turn out better for you. Yeah, you would, right? If you could see into the future and you could see like, he has my best interest at mind, even though I think his interests are stupid, right? Or I think they're restricting, or I think that, you know what I mean? All the things that we say as kids, like to our parents, like you don't really know. Or the same thing that we say to authority figures who would say to us, you need to do these things because I know what's coming down the road, right? Like you need to do this because what's coming down the road is this. And if you could see into the future, I guarantee you'd be listening to me right? So here's what he says. If you don't understand that your father in heaven sees and understands your future and has your best interest at mind, you will never be able to understand how to pray. Like if you don't believe that, like if you don't believe that your heavenly father sees what's in the future, and so when he asks you to do certain things, that you're going to trust him because you believe in the future it's going to be better even if you think today sucks. Is that right? So we see how that works here on the heavenly place or on the earthly place. Like that's the way that it's got to work is, is that we get to a place, and, and I'll just say this to all young people or maybe not even young people, that's why I think it's always important for you. If you want to understand this concept, you better have an authority figure in your life. You better have a mentor. You better have somebody that you're going to listen to that's going to be able to tell you, like, these are some things that you need to do. And even though you might not like doing them, I know the future. Because it trains you up to understand how to have a relationship with your heavenly father. Because people, I just want to tell you, if you can't understand authority here or you can't understand how it works with somebody that's right next to you, how are you going to understand it with somebody you can't even see? Right? Like, how are you going to even be able to do it if you can't see anybody, you know, and you're praying to this unseen God? So understanding, pivotal moment here, our Father who is in heaven knows better than you and me. Okay? Which moves us into the next place. Right? So once you get that right, here is the purpose of prayer. And I think this is where it rocked my world, and maybe it'll rock your world. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I don't like your will. What about my kingdom? Anybody? What about my kingdom? What about what I wanted? 
Do you know what I mean? Because that's what we think a lot through, right? Like we think through this idea of, I've built this kingdom on this earth and now it's disrupted. Now it's not the way that I wanted it to be. And so here is the purpose of prayer. And this is where I have to figure it out in my own life. Because you have a choice. Everybody has this choice, right? So when you go in and you close the door and you're sitting alone, here's some things you got to decide. Do you trust that God is a good father? Now, if you've been through circumstances of life where it's not always turned around, turned out the way that you wanted it to go, you can say that God's a good father, but sometimes you've got to really work through that because it didn't seem so good. Right? Like, you got to really unpack this idea. Like, I can say it and I can sing it and I can do it, but this situation in my life right now doesn't seem very good. And I wouldn't think that a good father who loves his kids would do these things. Right? I mean, I don't think a good father who's looking on this situation the way I am would allow these things to happen. And so getting alone in your room allows you to recenter yourself, understanding who God is so you can understand who you are. Right? Now, I know you don't want to admit this, but I'll go ahead and admit it for you. I like to be God. Okay, two of you with me. Thank you, right? Like, I want to be the one who builds the kingdom. And here's what I want God to do. I want him to support my building process. Right? I'm building my kingdom. I'm doing my stuff. We're going down the road. I put all these things in place. God, all I need you to do is, can you support my kingdom building? And now all of a sudden he's saying, your kingdom can wait. And I know that all sounds good, like, oh, yeah, my kingdom can wait. But can it really? I mean, can, can it really when we focus a lot of our life on building our kingdom and now the kingdom's in shambles, what do you do? So the worship team's going to come back up. Here's what I want you to process because here's what I'm processing. Here's the choice that I have, okay? I don't know where you're at or how you're, you process these things when it comes to um, the purpose of prayer, Right? So remember, I, we, we need to get in a room and you need to close the door. So I'll just give you a, um, some challenges this week. Uh, I don't know when you want to do it, but I do think that you should start this process of saying, you know what, there needs to be some time where I get alone and I close the door and I start unpacking these things of like, is God really my father and am I okay with his authority in my life? right? Because I think it has to start there because then when he says it's his kingdom and not ours, that's when that test really comes in. You remember I said in the beginning we'll really be tested on whether or not you believe that God is a heavenly father sitting on a heavenly throne that has your best interest in mind. That's what really comes to test, right? Do you really believe it when your kingdom gets disrupted, right? When your kingdom goes in a place that you didn't expect it to be. So here's where I am, okay? And, and it's funny how this has kind of went over the past couple weeks because I've been spending a lot of time like trying to unpack this. I have a choice 
right? Like this is my choice right now. I have a choice to surrender to his will or I have a choice to just build up another kingdom. Right? And you know, when you think about it, a lot of what goes through the human mind is, I need to try to build back up what's missing. Like there's holes to fill and there's things. And you know, like I shared with you guys before, it's like no fun to go home at night and there's nobody to talk to. And every night you have to end up in that same stupid bed, right? Where there's nobody there. You know what I mean? Like you get to those places and it's always those same things. And I have a choice to either sit in that and say, okay, God, it's not what I wanted. It's not how I planned it. It's not what I would have done. But I will surrender to your will. And I want you to understand why this is so important. Do you remember the, when Jesus went away right before he's crucified to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Do you remember that? So he went away and he prayed. So like when Jesus went away and prayed, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, die. holy cow. Oh. That has never happened before. So there was not a lot of dialogue, right, of Jesus praying. But here there was dialogue, right? And so Jesus goes away and he prays. And you know what he says? Father, if this cup could pass from me, my will, this is what Jesus was saying. You know what my will is? that I don't go to the cross. And you know how long he had to fight that battle? All night long. He had to wrestle with this. Like, I know what's coming, and it's a cross, and it's it's torture, and it's pain, and it's death, and I don't want it, just like I don't want it, right? Like, I don't want these things in my life. This isn't the way that I wanted it to be. God, why couldn't it change? You know, you're going through all these things, but Jesus finally got to the place where he said what? Not my will, but yours. And you know what hangs in the balance of that? You know what hung in the balance of Jesus' decision to do the will of his Father? Your salvation. Because Jesus decided to wrestle through this idea, I'm going to surrender my will to the will of my Father. You can freely call on the name of the Lord and you can be saved because he surrendered. So you know where I'm at? What hangs in the balance of my surrender for the next chapter of my life? Because I can be mad and I can try to rebuild my kingdom and I can try to go down these roads or I can say, you know what, this sucks, but I'm surrendering to your will. And I'm trusting that whatever you have for me is there's something that hangs in the balance of me surrendering my will to your will. And so I'm at the place now where I'm saying, you know what, I surrender. I can't build it anyway. Can't fix it anyway. Can't make it better anyway. And so I will surrender. And so my challenge to you is this. Will you get alone? When was the last time that you prayed in a room alone and said, God, reveal your will to me? I don't, there's all these needs you're already knowing, but I want to know what you have for me. Because what hangs in the balance is the same thing for you, right? You surrendering to the will of your Father in that time of prayer, there's something that hangs or someone that hangs in the balance of your decision to surrender your will. Will you be willing to do that? Will you stand so I can pray for you?
So, Heavenly Father, when we come to you today, Lord, we're thankful that uh, we can just be honest with you as we pray. We can be honest with you with our hurts and our challenges and our questions and all of the things that go with this. And Lord, today I pray that we as a church will understand the purpose of prayer. Like for us to be able to get alone, close the door, understand who you are and who we are not. And understand that we need to surrender our kingdom to yours. And that we don't need to spend our life building our kingdom, Lord, but we are here surrendered for your kingdom. Will we as a church do that? Will we take that, that challenge to get alone and listen and hear? Because, Lord, only you know what hangs in the balance of our surrender. Lord, I love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Never let go, never let go. 
close, pull me in close, pull me in close. So I just want to leave you with that challenge, right? Take some opportunities this week. Find a place, you know, so that's our first challenge. Find a place, close the door, get alone, and start unpacking this whole idea of who is God and what is his will for me. And allow him to reveal to you where you are not surrendering, right? Like, it's okay. It's okay that we as Christian people have things that like, I'm not willing to surrender this part, right, for God to reveal you know, the things that we need to be able to surrender. So thanks for everybody for being here uh, with us this week. Thanks for everybody for joining us online and we'll see you guys again next week.